Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Off the Bench with Scotty Sattler and Benny Jones for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. And Liquorland, we've got a drink for that. Oh, yes, and it's nearly the weekend. In fact, we're calling it. It's the official start of the weekend on a Friday night. So uh, that's the way we're going to look at it from Liquorland's point of view because they've got a drink for that. And Kubota diesel generators, serious backup power. This is Off the Bench. Benny Jones is my name. Scotty Sattler is my offsider on this particular program, and Sats, round three, it's underway. You were in Melbourne to check out the Storm, back on the winner's list against the Cowboys, but, gee, there's been some talking points to come out of that game, and a pretty angry North Queensland Cowboys coach, too, on the back end of back-to-back losses. How are you, mate? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I'm good, Benny. It was a um, really great spectacle in, in Melbourne. Um, we had, of course, the Melbourne Storm game on Thursday night, and then straight across the road at the MCG, of course, the, the round one of the, the AFL, the Richmond first Carlton game which drew 91,500 people so yep. as you can imagine a pretty exciting precinct and throw on top of that the Australian Grand Prix so it was a pretty busy Melbourne but in saying that um, quite an enjoyable game um, between the Cowboys and the Melbourne Storm and I tend to agree there is a few things that come out mm. of that game that um, that are out of the control of the players a lot of the time and and I agree with one of our former greats, our immortal, Andrew Johns, and mm. some of the comments he made, Benny, last night. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah, we are indeed. Pretty pointed comments, too, from Andrew Johns. Absolutely spot on. Uh, we've got a hot topic coming up. A great debate. Uh, and also, Sats' tips for the remainder of round three as well. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sats. I mean, I know you were in the sporting precinct, the sporting capital of the universe. It must have felt like uh, on Thursday night there in Melbourne. You sound, a, you sound a little under the weather. You weren't getting a little practice in early for the Grand Prix down there in getting a few exhaust fumes. because no, it's you... a miserable Melbourne weather. <laughs> oh. Four seasons in one day. You only go minus two to about 36 in the space of 45 minutes. I won't have you speak ill of my former home city. <laughs> it's uh, it's paradise on earth. Don't worry about that. Hey, let's get into a look at what's coming up, uh, of course, tonight. A couple of big games uh, and, of course, the West Tigers. How well have they started the season? We'll talk about them right now, in fact, with our Friday night preview. Let's get an NRL update for 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven. Good call. Oh, yeah. Delicious sandwiches, hot pastries and $1 coffee. 7-Eleven is indeed a good call. Big show ahead. Big night here with Benny Jones, Scotty Sattley. You're listening to Off the Bench. Hope you've had a wonderful week and are looking forward to what should be a bumper weekend of league and plenty of other sport going on around the traps. The Bulldogs and the Panthers, uh, we're going to talk about briefly very soon, uh, Sats. But I wanted to really focus in here on the West Tigers-Brisbane Broncos, uh, two sides that have been at polar opposite ends of the table over the past few seasons. Uh, But the Tigers are winning a lot of fans on a weekly basis with the way they are going about it. The Roosters and the Storm, you couldn't think of a tougher first-up fortnight (laughs) based on... Uh, pre-season premiership calculations, but they've come through with flying colours, playing a tough, gritty style of football. Ivan Cleary, he's uh, he's worked some magic with this group. Well, he's a man of many few words, Ivan Cleary. For those who don't know him, he's he's a, a person that uh, he he doesn't talk 
for the sake of talking. Yep. And when he does talk, it means it's something very important. And he's resonated with the West Tigers playing group. Win, lose or draw, the start of their season has been outstanding. As you said, the Storm and the Roosters round one, round two. Many would say, oh, you want them early up because if you're going to win the comp, you've got to beat them anyway. Yep. Well, not when you're the West Tigers. Hmm. You really want to ease your way into the system with the playing group that you've got. And some key positions, some additions to the, to the club in you know, Marshall and Reynolds and you know, Tuilo Lahir and Russell Packer and Ben Madalena, really big-name players that are coming to that squad. If you had your choice again to pick the, the start of the competition, you wouldn't pick the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm. But as Ivan Cleary did as a player... Yep. He was a player that just took all, everything that was that was thrown at him, and he, he accepted it. And he he's a fine rugby league player, and he's transferred that to being a fine coach because he's got the West Tigers club as a whole getting credibility in the rugby league world again. Yeah, indeed. And uh, look, it is early days, fortnight in, but defence is watertight. They're grinding out wins. I mean, Melbourne Storm uh, last week had everything to play for. Billy Slater's 300th at home. They don't lose at home all that often, as we discovered on Thursday night. But uh, yeah, they, they found a way and they were they were really resolute in the way they went about their football. Their opponents, the Brisbane Broncos, though, Sats, I suppose, uh, well, well, they've, they've had uh, a bit of a yin and yang start to the season. Horrible Opening night, great second up and a really gritty win. They were aided by maybe the assistance of a goalpost and a little bit of padding, but uh, that win against their arch-rivals, the Cowboys, just once again reaffirmed to us that, yeah, the Broncos, when they get it right, still a very good side. I'd love to be able to spend a week with the Rugby League Club, the Brisbane Broncos Rugby League Club, and what Wayne Bennett does psychologically and emotionally (laughs) with his playing group after a a humiliating loss, like in round one. I'd just like to know what... His approach is, I'd love to know. You know, I was, I was fortunate enough to spend 10 days through Origin with, with Wayne Bennett, and I went in there expecting to learn to play the game in this this new newfound approach and focus on yep. rugby league. And it was it couldn't be further from the truth <laughs> because for him it was more about simplicity, breaking down everything really basically and then explaining to you, knowing you what your job is and just do it with a lot of emotion, do it with a lot of passion and make sure you're there for your mate. And so I left after 10 days thinking I didn't learn a lot about the rugby league game itself, but I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. And I think that's what he does. I think he gets the players just to, to look back and reflect. And he's always had this approach, Benny, that if things are fine in life for you, things will be fine on the rugby league field. Mm. And I'd love to know what he does with those players in the six or seven days leading into their, their, their game the following week because they're totally transformed. Totally transformed. Some yep. of the key players who were being questioned, their credibility, and whether they uh, were getting paid too much money or whether they're too old, whatever it may be, for some reason, in the space of three or four days, their whole paradigm towards the way they played mm. and the way they should focus about playing completely changed. Certainly did. A player who, uh, well, when we're talking about on a lot of money, he certainly is, and, and some will suggest that in a year or two's time, he'll prove why he's worth all of that money. He'll make his debut for the club. Uh, Jack Bird coming from the Sharks off that uh, end-of-season end surgery that he had on the shoulder. That in itself uh, created a little bit of a rift between the two clubs, but obviously exciting for Broncos fans to see him run out for the first time, and uh, yeah, hopefully, I mean, you don't expect him to be a world-beater straight up, Sats, but uh, he'll hit the ground running, and a couple of weeks in, hopefully we'll be hitting his straps. He'll either do his shoulder in the first five <laughs> minutes or he'll get through unscathed because yeah. from all reports, and I've spoken to players that have played with Jack Bird and a couple of the Broncos players that have trained alongside him in the preseason, 
he just attacks everything with so much venom and aggression, and that's the way that he plays the game. He's a young, confident, a good arrogance about him that he'll throw everything into his uh, into his first involvements, whether he's you know, whatever role he plays, he'll throw everything into it. So 26 meetings between the two clubs. The Broncos have won 20 of those, the Tigers five, and they've had a draw. So certainly a Brisbane dominance there. Looking forward to it. Uh, just quickly on the, the Bulldogs-Panthers. We won't dwell on this one for too long, Sats, but uh, you know the, the Dogs, again, one of those sides, not a huge amount of expectation on them coming into the season, uh, have been okay, not too bad, but um, obviously still still searching desperately for that first win. Penrith, on the other hand, well, they uh, they keep leaving it to the second half, but I suppose a W is a W, and uh, once they can tidy up those tardy starts, who knows what they're capable of. They're one of those sides, and I guess they're probably similar in your mindset, that you know at their very best they're capable of just about anything, but whether they can do that consistently is still a question mark. Yeah, the biggest concern for the Panthers is, like you said, that, that start, the first 20, 20 minutes, where they're getting behind on the scoreboard, and they're just not aggressive enough defensively. We know what they can do with the attack side of the game, but defensively just not aggressive enough not haven't got enough intensity well not not enough intent when they're making that first contact i think they're just waiting for themselves to to warm into the game um but if they can start getting it right my biggest concern and my biggest complaint of the panthers over the last couple of years is they've had this really good players have come through their under 20 system benny and they've been very successful in their yeah. their under 20 system over the years and those players have found it really difficult to mature and get their mindset to be week-in, week-out NRL players. But it seems as though that... Well, I suppose the the one thing you can say about the Panthers is they may have matured because they are coming back from deficits, which is really difficult to do. The Bulldogs, on the other hand, there is a high... Exp- if you don't want to play pressure rugby league week-in, week-out, you don't go play at the Bulldogs because mm. they are a club that comes with not only the pressure of playing NRL and representing such a proud jersey, but... There's a lot of pressure on you as a player and the expectation just from their board of directors, their members, their fans. It bleeds all the way through. So there is always a high expectation on the Bulldogs. Changeover and some staff this year, some big players in Woods and Fawn, Mm, of course, mm. and then head coach Dean Pace. So there is a high expectation. They weren't too bad week one. I thought they were disappointing week two against the Roosters. They've got to stop being so predictable. That's probably my only downfall for the Bulldogs at the moment. They just seem predictable. Yeah. Well, they too have had a tough start, as you said. Uh, Storm, then Roosters. Been in both games to a certain point, but without ever really looking like they were threatening Mm. to win. So that's obviously the improvement there. Uh, Penrith will be no easy task as they look to make it three from three as well. Hey, up next, our Thursday night review after the Storm maintained their recent edge over Paul Green's North Queensland Cowboys and Boyd Greeny have a few things to tee off on post-game as well. 30-14, to 14, it was scrappy at times, a little ugly, but uh, in the end, it was a storm victory down there at Amy Park. We'll get to a great debate, a hot topic as well, Sats tips for the remainder of Round 3 still ahead, and that's for our friends at 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven, a good call. Points bet who are introducing this amazing offer, 20-point payout on NRL games all season. Uh, to explain a little bit more about how that all works and how you can take advantage of such a lucrative and very generous offer. Andrew Fay from PointsBet joins us. Andy, good to talk to you, mate. It's been a fascinating opening fortnight and a bit of the NRL season. This 20-point payout uh, promotion, uh, tell you what, this must be insanely popular at the moment. Yeah, it's extremely popular and it's actually been been very costly for us whenever <laughs> Canberra play because um, they seem to 
you know, they score 28 points each week and lose. So, um, you know, punters are, are getting behind the Raiders every time. So the way it works, if your team scores 20 points or more in the match, we're going to pay you out as a winner, regardless right. of if you, if you win or lose. So Canberra, they've lost both both opening round matches, yet scored more than 20, so we paid them out as winners both times. So um, the promo's gone off, I think, about four times, um, and we paid out about 450000 already. Um, to teams that hmm. lost the match. So, wow. yeah, it's been uh, very, very popular for punters. Absolutely. And even if you are a Raiders fan, it's a silver lining to a, a little bit of a grey, dark cloud at the moment. But great stuff there, thanks to points. But, hey, I want to talk about t- tonight's game, Tigers-Broncos. Who'd have thought that the Tigers coming off the back of the Roosters and Storm first up would be undefeated? The Broncos, we, we saw them, Andy, get a little bit closer to something resembling their best last week when they beat the Cowboys. Is it is it all money going to the Brisbane Broncos at the moment so far? Yeah, it has been. They were $1.75 when we first put up the markets. They're into $1.68. We've had about 85% of the hold for them. So um, all Broncos, they've won 11 of their last 13 uh, against the Tigers. The Tigers, the interesting thing is, here's a stat for you. So they're the first team in 26 years um, that's won their opening two matches despite scoring only two tries. So... (laughs) Um, that lack of scoring punch, um, you know, the punters just aren't trusting them and they think that sort of two big games in a row, um, the Broncos will just be too strong. Andrew, thanks so much for your time here on Off the Bench. Uh, Happy punting across the weekend. Uh, We always encourage people, of course, to gamble responsibly and let's hope plenty of sides are reaching that 20-point mark. Thanks. Yeah, that's right. Catch you later. You're listening to Off the Bench for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. And Liquorland, we've got a drink for that. You're listening to Off the Bench for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. And Liquorland, we've got a drink for that. Hey, welcome back to Off the Bench. Benny Jones, Scotty Sattler. And uh, speaking of all things Scott Sattler, uh, who is, of course, here with us to discuss the rest of the weekend's action shortly. A hot topic, uh, great debate, all that still in front of us. Sats, uh, what about Melbourne on uh, on Thursday night? Amy Park, you were there across the road. There were 90,000 watching the AFL yep. season opener. There's an AFL Women's Grand Final this weekend. I think there's a couple of A-League games. There's also a little thing called the Formula One Grand Prix. Not a bad spot to be, really. <laughs> it's a, quite envious, actually, Benny, to be quite honest. Uh, seeing that, it just you know, I keep using that word, don't I want to talk about AFL fans, the tribalism amongst the support, the Richmond I think out of the 91,500 fans, had about 80,000 of them <laughs> at the MCG. But then, yeah, a pretty healthy crowd at the Melbourne Crew. Sorry, at Amy Park for the Melbourne yep. Storm. Even though it's a Thursday night game, and probably if the NRL had their uh, rostering for the games all over again, I don't think they'd they'd put the same this game on the same night as the no. AFL opener or the Grand Prix weekend yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, the, the the Melbourne Storm they were. They weren't that impressive, but they were aggressive. Mm. They weren't clinical, but they played up tempo, and they just did enough. They're, they're big yep. men, Benny. They're big front rowers, and basically the whole forward pack, they did all the work. While young Brody Croft and Cam Munster find their feet as a combination, their forwards are doing the damage and sort of carrying the load in the meantime while they do find their way. They're just doing enough to win. Yeah, there were probably not as many surprises on the North Queensland Cowboys' point of view when it came to scoring. Cohen Hess going over for their two tries, but Joe Stimson and Christian Welsh, I mean, you would have got great odds backing those two end-on-end to score the first two tries for the Storm, but I suppose that's what makes them a dangerous side is they've got they've got weapons everywhere. There's the usual suspects. You have Vunavalu's, Addo Cars, 
and the like, but um, that's what they were probably lacking the previous week in Billy's 300th was a, a contribution from some of the lesser lights. Well, you you sort of lose your way when there's a big milestone. I know that, yes, they celebrate milestones better than any, and we keep hearing that, and I've also professed that as well, but sometimes it can take your mind off the job of you, you've got to do it for Billy, the 300 games, and then you start forgetting about the little tiny things that you need to do. What mm. The Melbourne Storm have been so good at for so many years, and that's why these guys like Christian Welsh, who was on the field for dead set three seconds when he scored that try. <laughs> he went off for Dale Finucane, who went off the yep. other side of the field, and Christian Welsh ran on the you know, the side of the interchange comes on and basically just ran onto a ball and scored a try. <laughs> it's quite amazing to see, see it live, how quickly it happened. Yep. But these these lesser lights, you'd, you'd, you'd say that tongue-in-cheek, but they just know their role. They come on mm. and they can they continue the onslaught. They maintain the rage, and it's exactly what they did last night. The the guys that came off the bench, your Cassianos and your Christian Welshers, uh, Brandon Smith, a young little 20-year-old hooker that came on off the bench mm. to, for the last eight or nine minutes and just injected all this enthusiasm. They just know their roles. They weren't, like I said, they weren't as clinical as what we're used to seeing them. Like, they made a lot of mistakes compared to, uh, alongside the week before, they the most amount of errors of the, of the weekend in the NRL, yep. the, one of the highest missed tackle rates in the NRL. You never see that from the Melbourne Storm. So they're a fair way away from where mm. they want to be, Benny. Yeah, and, and that was the sentiment coming from Craig Bellamy and Cam Smith post-game. We'll hear from them shortly. Also, a fired-up Paul Green after the loss. So it finished 30-14, to 14, Melbourne over the top of North Queensland, 18-8 at half time. Amazing stats that I discovered at the uh, back end of the night on Thursday, Sats. Uh, Melbourne Storm haven't lost back-to-back games at home for three years. Yeah, no, they've always been so difficult to beat at home. And before they were at Amy Park, which would actually be a pleasure to play it yep. as a visiting side. It's a little bit like Suncorp Stadium. You love going to play there. But the field previous to Amy Park was one called Olympic Park, and you know that well, yes. Benny. It's behind Amy Park. Yep. It's still there. It's part of the like a ghost town now yep. compared to the new stadium, but it was the toughest ground to mm. win a game at. So I can understand why they they very rarely lose back-to-back home games because mm. it's always a horrible place to play at, the old Olympic Park. All right, well, before we hear from those heavy hitters, let's hear from a couple of others involved with our wonderful call team at NRL Nation. Brent and Speed, Scotty Sattler, our man, Gary Belcher, and Brent Tate were there at Amy Park. Let's have a listen to some of the best moments. Now Slater combining with Stipson. First try of the night to the Melbourne Storm. Billy Slater hunting around and he linked with Stimson, who's only there because Kabuzi's not right to go, but he finished that beautifully. Suliasi, Funabalu, the fox looms up. Oh, he puts it in. Ben Hampton, what a try saver. How do they not score? If you sense it's coming, Thurston and running a line. Cohen Hess, he broke through a couple of feeble attempts to tackle him. And he's over right under the black dot. Now Smith, and they're over surely. Melbourne Storm, another four-pointer. And Christian Welch has only been out there about a minute, and he slammed it down next to the post for another four-pointer. And he's met 10 metres out. Repeat set after repeat set right now. Hess, Colin Hess. Billy Slater got there, and so did four Melbourne defenders. And has the Hess monster got a double here? Decision is a try. Slater's looming out the back. Hoffman finds him. Billy Slater for the post. Oh, he threw it over his shoulder, looking for Finucane, who couldn't hold on. Slater picks it up out of dummy half, tried for the scoop. Thurston got him. They get a quick play of the ball, though. Chambers! 
slams it down, and the reaction from the Melbourne Storm fans says it's a try. Matt Checker agrees. Thurston makes the tackle on Smith, who seemed to pass it off the ground. Asifa Solomona has another go, and the Cowboys cannot hold on now. It's another try. Game set and match for the Storm, as the Storm fans count it down. Full time here at Amy Park in the grand final replay, and it's all Melbourne Storm again. So a great call from the crew, and uh, yeah, great crowd. Uh, a reasonably good game of footy, and uh, in the end, the Storm back on the winners list. I wanted to ask you about Michael Morgan. Sats he made his return or his first appearance mm. uh, for the season. Uh, a few signs of rust there, which is to be expected. But uh, how did you how did you rate his performance and? I guess, what he's going to add to that side once he's up and going at 100%. Oh, well, I think he, he'll be the difference between winning and losing a lot of the games. I don't think it's not, not so much Jonathan Thurston anymore. He, you know, JT's getting older, and every preseason you go through, you just get that yard slower when you get into your 30s. So Michael Morgan's still in his prime. He'll be the most important player of the Cowboys side. Yes, he was rusty, but every time he touched the ball, he touched it at speed, Benny, and... You anticipated something was going to happen when he touched the ball. Um, Because he comes up against such a great defensive unit in the Melbourne Storm, he wasn't as efficient, but he still looked dangerous. I thought thought the Cowboys looked really predictable against the Melbourne Storm. And a team like Melbourne Storm, they picked them apart defensively. Yeah, they had a couple of lapses, especially when Cohen Hess scored... Now, one try I really had to work hard for was just through mm. brute strength. His first try was one just through pure speed, but also yep. a bad misread defensively by by Cameron Munster. So um, all in all, I thought the Melbourne Storm were probably about a 7 out of 10. I yeah. thought the Cowboys were probably a 5 or a 6 out of 10. The Cowboys, many are, many are saying they're not far away, but they're not far away, but if it makes sense, it still seems they're a, mm. a fair way away from what we know they can throw up because you know, they, are, they have a few players now that are that are getting older and are coming back from big injuries like your Thurston's, like your Matt Scott's who who is wasn't as damaging again against the Melbourne Storm, and then you got Gavin Cooper who's another year older on that left hand side of the field who, you know, like I said, every preseason into your thirties you get that yard slower, so mm. they've got to try and I think change their focus around their attack because they're a little bit too predictable. The Great Debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Yeah, indeed they are. And, of course, it's power when you need it, most importantly. That's what Kubota can guarantee. Now, we spoke about this through the week, uh, Sats, uh, yourself, myself, Gary Belcher. It all came off the back of an incident last weekend uh, a nasty one involving Greg Inglis. Uh, there were reports of some racial abuse insults that were hurled in his direction mm-hmm. from the stands. Now, uh, the the person responsible, uh, I believe the identification process is still unfolding. There are reports and there have been eyewitnesses come forward to it all. But let's park that to one side and let's look at it from a, from a, a bigger picture overall. Great debate. Supporters, officials, and I'm going to even throw players into this mix as well that are found guilty of, of any racial taunts, insults, comments, call them what you will. There has to there has to be a set punishment. Is there a set punishment that you can think of that would fit fit the bill, fit the crime? Uh, and one at which in 2018 is is just abhorrent and and can't be tolerated. Is it yeah, that easy? Yeah, really good. Yeah, really good story and a debate on a Fox Sports website um, today, Benny. Yep, and. Basically, it, it, 
aims at the NRL saying they're hypocritical if Todd Greenberg is going to come out and ban the so-called fan uh, for racist comments. Uh, it's hypocritical because you're allowing a player like Matt Lodge to sign an NRL contract when you're not willing to ban him for life from the game. Todd Greenberg, first and foremost, has never said he will punish someone with life. Mm. The media has, are yep. the ones that have said, and yep. the fans are the ones that say it should be a, a ban for life. But Todd Greenberg has actually said that he'll continue to educate the community. And unfortunately, there's all, always going to be isolated incidents in our mm-hmm. communities, yeah. whether it's rugby league or in our home life, our schooling, whatever it may be. But if we don't continue to educate the communities well, to, and, and ignore it, It'll just continue. It'll continue with the groups and individuals if we don't continue to try and educate them and and penalise them in some way. Don't completely eradicate them from the game because, like I said, they'll just continue. It'll just become a systematic process as part of that person's life. I don't think banning someone for life is going to be the answer, Benny. I think we just push the. I think we just push the problem to aside. Now let's let's be all realistic. I mean, yeah, unfortunately. Racism is something that, that's never going to be eradicated from our communities. we just got to try and minimise it to the best of our, of our ability. Now, I don't believe that, like I said, banning someone for life is the mm. answer. Um, just like I don't believe that, that banning someone like Matt Lodge and Russell Packer and just some of those players I've mentioned, making them life banned, banned as well yep. because of their... their their charges off the field. I don't know. I may be part of the minority, but we can't continue just eradicating people out of the game continually when we've got this chance to educate them. And because sport has always been a really good conduit between between life, hasn't it? And yeah. between communities. So we've got to continue to use sport as that really strong educational tool, Benny, if that makes sense, to continue trying to not only grow grow our personalities within the game but also grow people personally and emotionally mm. and psychologically i think if we can do that with the fans with the media with the players yeah well, whatever it may be i think the game's going to be healthier for it kubota diesel generators a serious back up power hot topic coming up after the break uh, benny jones scotty sattler here with you you're listening to off the bench you're listening to off the bench for kubota diesel generators for serious backup power and liquorland we've got a drink for that you're listening to Off the Bench for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power and Liquorland. We've got a drink for that. Yeah, great to have the team of Liquorland on board uh, as well as Kubota here on Off the Bench. Benny Jones and Scotty Sattler with you. Looking forward to another cracking weekend of footy across a number of codes now with the AFL back underway. But let's get into a hot topic, Sats. Let's get into the hot topic for Onga Pumps. Pumping hot sale now on. It's a good sale, this one. So good, in fact, you could win one of 30 Weber barbecues worth 700 bucks. I don't have a barbecue at home, so I should go check this one out at ongapumpshop.com.au. It's almost un-Australian to say that, Sats. I don't have a barbecue in the backyard, but I don't. I'm between barbecues. You even got a spare one you could lend me, have <laughs> you, you say that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> hey, NRL CEO Todd Greenberg, this is off the back of Thursday night. Uh, well, maybe it's been it's been simmering for the first fortnight of the season. And uh, on Thursday night, there were numerous penalties, huge penalty count, play the balls, offsides, and the like. But Todd Greenberg, Sats, has rejected suggestions that referees are, in adverted commas, and this is not my comment, but destroying games, declaring they're simply doing their job. Andrew Johns, though... At halftime of Thursday night's game was very forthright, and I think the destroying games comment was attributed to him. 
What What are your thoughts? Oh no, I don't think they're destroying games. Referees, players destroy games <laughs> when they don't play to the standard expected, and the team has an off night, whatever it may be. They destroy their own results um, inevitably. Mm. What I suppose a lot of people, Benny, are I suppose concerned about are the interpretations. You know, the referees are only the ones that that they basically they referee on the interpreta- interpretations that are put before them, the rules of the game. Yeah. Well, my biggest concern is that we are looking for too many reasons through the interpretations, not the referees, to slow the game down. I mean, the play the ball. I know our very good friend Gary Belcher and I disagree on this, but the play the ball, uh, a player not making a conscious effort to play the ball, doesn't concern me. I just want the ball to be cleanly... If the leg's raised and the, le- and the ball cleanly gets 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 rolled back to a dummy half, I'm mm. happy with that. Game on. The game is quicker than for it. If it is a sloppy play, the ball, that they haven't respected the, the whole ruck area and the ball skittles out to the right or the left or whatever it may be, or the player trips over the ball as they play it, we've seen that. Yep. I'm happy for that. Stop it, scrum, penalty, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But I just think we're looking for too many reasons to stop the game. Now, being down there live... Thursday night for that Melbourne game a lot of the offside penalties were warranted because both sides were really getting off their defensive line really quickly and they're trying to get a head start Yep. and they were warranted there were too many penalties 20 penalties or 21 penalties in total for that game there were too many penalties but there were a large crux of those penalties that, that were warranted but my biggest concern Benny is not the referees it's the interpretations the reasons of why we want to try and slow the game down you know, we want to see open rugby league. We, we always hear about games that they become mundane, they become boring because there aren't enough points scored. Mm. And it, it, the game is entertainment. Yes, there are two versions of the game, defence and attack, but everyone focuses on the attack. We know that. So why do we want to slow the game down to turn it into a defence-orientated game? I don't know. I don't know. And then when a team spends five or six minutes up def- attacking a, an opposition's try line and then all of a sudden they get a they get a penalty 10 metres out in front and the team that's been on the attack just says ah oh, well we'll just take the two points yep. it seems to be like a negative play mm. when we, yeah, you're building up so much anticipation mm-hmm. waiting for a team to possibly score the try or you know it's yeah it's the interpretations I feel in a few areas Benny if this makes sense are a real reason why our game is slowing down all right, well, that's our hot topic, uh, and uh, I'm not going to have any input on that because <laughs> I didn't play over 200 first-grade games, so I'll bow to you, Scotty Sattler, but I do agree <laughs> with the sentiment that yeah, I think it, it is always a fine balance. Uh, clubs are there and coaches are employed to win games of football. Uh, fans want to go along and they want to see razzle-dazzle. They want uh, long-range tries. They want quick ball movement and, and unpredictable play. So, yeah, if clubs are going to cut corners to try and make that happen and... Um, and, and bend the rules, then they're going to get penalised. And, and that's the that's the trade-off. Faronga Pumps, pumping hot sale, is now on. Hey, uh, Sats, huge weekend of motorsport coming up, as you touched on in Melbourne. It's a Formula One Grand Prix weekend. Uh, the driver's seat boys aren't going to miss out on that either, don't you worry. Uh, they will be chatting to Nick Perkat from Brad Jones Racing after a day of qualifying at the first ever co-tie at Melbourne 400. Good to see the, uh, the two... Uh, combining there, the V8s and, of course, the Formula One. But last week on the show, they had Gary Rogers from Gary Rogers Motorsport 
and uh, brought up uh, with Steve Johnson a hindsight call. Should he have joined GRM when he was an active supercar driver rather than stay with Dick Johnson Racing? This is what Steve had to say. Steve, over your long 20-year supercar career that you had of Bathurst and, and being a main game driver, the opportunity to, to, in all seriousness, the opportunity to go to GRM came up. You now look back on that career. Should you have done it? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh, there you go. Should have done it. I mean, if Should've I can just... add a little bit to that, I mean, I've known Dick for, as I say, 50 years plus. And, of course, Wayne Caddock, who was working with Dick at the time, a part of that team, uh, he and I spoke about Stephen because it was he was looking for somewhere for Stephen to come. And, and I thought, well, you know, there was no doubt he could drive. And I would have been quite keen to have him there, but it just didn't go on. And it's real, it, well, it, it's not, I'm not saying it is a shame. It would have been, who knows what would have happened, but the fact is yeah. it didn't, but it was certainly on the cards. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that uh, that decision uh, on, on my part was, I think, was wrong at the time. And uh, it took me until that was, that was 1990 or to go into 1998. Gary, was that right? I can't. Remember that, well, that Stephen, to quote, one of your, to quote one of your father's famous statements, right? No, you're looking backwards, mate. No, you get a yep. stiff neck, right? Exactly right. <laughs> Absolutely. You can catch the latest episode of The Driver's Seat this weekend uh, or online via Facebook where you can track down the podcast at Driver's Seat Show. You can also join in the conversation with us on Facebook. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. Sats, come back at your thoughts round three. Still plenty of great action to play out there. So Sats' tips coming up next for... Kubota and also for Liquorland. You're listening to Off the Bench for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. And Liquorland, we've got a drink for that. Oh, welcome back to Off the Bench, powered as always by Kubota. Those diesel generators providing reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. And Liquorland, they have got the drink for that. Uh, the rest around three sats, let's go. And let's start with... Tonight, uh, Tigers Broncos. We you had a good look at this game early. You yeah, know what I hate what's I that? Hate it when you you got a gut feeling, and you always go with your <laughs> initial thoughts. Your yeah, gut feeling. So you should the Melbourne North Queensland game? Melbourne all week. Yep. Yeah, too professional, too clinical. For some reason, <laughs> I got to Amy Park on Thursday night, and I said, yeah. "No, I, you know what? I, I just think, yeah, I think the Cowboys might get them. You know, yep. yeah." Change my tip. So, 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 what, what, what's that mean in regards to tonight's game? Okay, so um, Broncos. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at the um, statistically. I just think they're uh, they'll just have too much for the Tigers, mm. and just historically, I think also they just they got one of those they're one of those sides that has the wood on the Tigers. Well, if uh, Ivan Cleary's side can keep another premiership contender to under 10 points, they deserve all the plaudits in the world. But mm. I, I tend to agree. Uh, the weight of history suggests that the Broncos. Yeah, they beat up on the Tigers a little bit. I don't think they'll beat up on them as much so tonight as they'll still win, but it's a much better Westies side, so uh, yeah. the improvement in them is, is fantastic to see. Righto, well, now Saturday, let's look at this triple header. Gee, two sides that just love to tease. Uh, and uh, I know that our man Gary Belch will be listening intently to see what you say here, Sats. But the Raiders taking on the Warriors, who... Horrible teasers in years gone by, and I know have frustrated you no end, but maybe, maybe the pennies drop. Maybe this is a new... New Zealand Warriors. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? It's a must-win for the Raiders now after they've yeah. uh, thrown a couple away. It looks like BJ Leilua won't play. Mm. Um, so the Warriors, I just think out of the two teams, Benny, even though it's played in Canberra, which once upon a time was a graveyard for every other side that visited there, not so much in recent years, Yeah. the Warriors probably look the most settled out of both sides. The Canberra Raiders, 
at the start of the season have been, you know, even though they got away with uh, a really good start in round one, but then allowed the Titans to come over the top of them. And then round two, just to be so dismal against Newcastle, the Warriors, on the other hand, just too settled. You know, they look really fit. They look like they're in a good space, a good head space. Um, so I'm going to say the Warriors just basically because just in their key areas, Sean Johnson's being led to run. So Blake Green just worries about steering the side around. Roger mm. Tuivasa-Shek, their captain, has started the season off beautifully. And, and Isaac Luke, their hooker, who usually starts this season about six kilos overweight, looks super fit. So I'm going to take the Warriors. All right, uh, Rabbitohs Sea Eagles. Uh, this is an intriguing one, this one. Tricky one. Yeah, it is. I, I think the Sea Eagles um, will get this one just because the Rabbitohs, without any uh, Adam Reynolds in the side, is going to be. They're going to be. It's going to find it tough over the next three or four weeks while he's out. But I'm going to take the Sea Eagles just because of on the back of last week, just their attack and their game plan, the way mm. that they were coached was very smart, very intelligent. Yeah, and you would have thought maybe playing in that 36, 37 degree heat, they might have trouble backing up. But because it was such a procession, I think they were able to take the foot off the pedal pretty early. Day. Yeah, they probably could have. <laughs> You're right. Hey, uh, well, the side that they gave a fair old touch-up to, the Eels take on the Sharks, who are Norton too. Uh, this becomes, a you know, again, round three. You, you shouldn't be saying season-defining. But for both clubs, it, it's a bit of a statement game. The Eels have to respond. And the Sharks, we've looked at their opening two months, and yeah, they, they have to make every post a winner. Yeah, I think this is the the match of the round. Many may think the Roosters are Knights, which yeah. we're going to talk about, but I just think both these sides, because they're they're so desperate to get off, get a win, but also both their forward packs are they're tough, they're resilient, mm. they get down in the trenches, and they get dirty, and they do what they have to do to win games. But then they've also got the the finesse and the class of some key players in the sides, like the Dugans and the. Valentine Holmes's and the Matty Moylands and on the Eels, you got Corey Norman and Mitchell Moses and Jared Hayne and Bevan French. I think this is going to be an absolute belt of this game. And I'm going to take the Eels. I think they'll bounce back from last week. Okay. Just the humiliation, yep. the embarrassment. And I just believe their coach would have handled it correctly uh, throughout the week. All right, and the two games to wrap up the weekend on Sunday. Titans, Dragons, who have uh, been ultra impressive to start their 2018 campaign, followed up by the Roosters and the Knights. But let's start uh, this one in Toowoomba, the Titans and yeah, the Dragons. Yeah, it is. It's a, uh, taking up to the Clive Berghoffen Oval in, in Toowoomba, which would be great for the regional areas. As we've always mentioned over the last week or so, the Titans have got the first, out of their first eight rounds, they've got seven games away because yeah. of the Commonwealth Games. That's and right. Stadium being used for the sevens, so I think the Dragons have probably been the most impressive side at the start of the competition, and I'm going to take the Dragons a bit, the Titans, but they've got some good inclusions, the Titans, they've got uh, Jared Wallace back, their state of origin front row, and of course Ash Taylor, their um, their genius halfback. Yeah, and the final game sees the uh, quick return, it has only been three weeks into the season of course, but Mitchell Pearce to the club uh, where it all started out, and uh, unfortunately well, it didn't end on a on a horrible note, but certainly maybe not the way he would have intended uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, taking on the Roosters, the Knights uh, two and zip uh, have won a lot of fans with the way they've gone about the start to their season. Won't this be great? This would be awesome. I mean, I, I can't wait to see the viewing audience for this game also because so many pe- people anticipating Mitchell Pearce returning home and home fans booing them, all six of them from the, uh, from the Roosters. <laughs> uh, but he actually added some spice, didn't he? Added a little bit yeah. of... Um, a little bit of spice to this week's game, saying um, that 
there'll probably be more Newcastle fans at the game than the Roosters fans at the Roosters' home ground. So I think he'll be welcomed back by the fans. He left in good terms with the fans, left on good terms with the players, but he, he'll go back to do a clinic. I'm going to pick the Roosters mm-hmm. to beat them just... And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm picking them. I just think they've got, in big games, these big occasions, I think they've got more players that have played big games. So uh, I think based on that, the Roosters win the game. But I think there's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, super way to finish the weekend. Cannot wait for that one. Uh, The Roosters, everyone's premiership favourites, or a lot of people's premiership favourites, coming in against the Knights, who've been wooden spooners three years running. And, well, I know a bloke who put him into his top eight uh, and he's pretty happy with the way that's playing out two weeks into the season but it's early days hey Sats uh, it's been a big show off the bench uh, mate have a great weekend uh, rest up you sound like you might need a little bit of a breather so hopefully hopefully you get plenty of couch time and uh, plenty of great footy to watch across the weekend uh, powered by Kubota thanks to our new friends at Liquorland as well we'll catch you same time next week right here on Off the Bench you're listening to Off the Bench for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power and Liquorland, we've got a drink for that.